Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Anthony Heron on 670 The Score. For the better part of the next four hours, I am your voice. This is the aforementioned Anthony Heron, like the big voice guy was letting you know there. Been away for a minute. Looking forward to spending the next four hours with you, chopping it up, breaking it all down so you can join me for those things, for your listening pleasure, for your participation if you would like to do it that way. Also, we will be here until 4 p.m. It's been a minute. Been off the air for a little while here, so looking forward to uh, to having this time to to catch up a little bit on what's happening with me. Certainly to discuss what's happening in the Chicago sports scene for the next few hours. Also, because there's plenty going on. Even just before we came on the air here, uh, Sean Anderson is on the other side of the glass for me today. Uh, we had to adjust some things with our guest lineup. Make sure we were adding the proper participants for some of the news that's been out there breaking. So we'll get to it all here. Um, I've had, like I referenced a little while ago, since I haven't been here on the score in a little bit, normally this this early part of the year is where I have a, a little bit of time away anyway, just as the, the football season comes to a close. And you know, I do get a little time to sort of decompress because obviously for, for various reasons, that's my busiest portion of the calendar year between – TV at multiple spots and radio at multiple spots and everything we have going on since I'm a quote-unquote football guy, then that's where a lot of my time and energy is devoted throughout the year. So then after the the college season ends, then the football, the NFL season ends, we get through the Super Bowl, then I usually you know, sort of get a little bit of time away to decompress and catch up with the family and all those good things. But uh, you know, I had a few other things going on here as of late also, so haven't been able to be as as available and as visible, but Fortunately, things are, are, are looking up with some of the other things I've had going on. So we're in a good place, and I'm back on the score with you today. Very much looking forward to not just today, but to the, the days and weeks to come. And kind of gotten accustomed to, to me during the baseball season, especially where I've spent a lot of weekends with you during the baseball season in recent years anyway. So now that we are getting through spring training and the, the regular season and the MLB is prepared to start up, then that puts us all in a strong position to, I don't know, I, I guess to, to have hope, as it were. It's one of, the, one of the cool things, I think, about this portion of the year because sort of this, uh, I guess it would be kind of late winter, early spring portion of the year is, is where things do feel really hopeful we're, we're sort of accustomed to where you know the the weather is starting to turn starting to turn for the better i would say for the most part not in not in always uh, and i i definitely did i'm not gonna lie and, and some of you who follow me on social media you know i've been out there hitting the slopes 
been a lot of a lot of tubing and sledding going on with the wife and the toddler, so we've certainly been getting into that and having some fun with that. But now that the weather's turning, then there's some fun to be had there. We haven't had any shortage of time outdoors, but as much as I enjoy all four seasons, spring is upon us. So that, that portion in our household certainly means more time to, to run around outside without galoshes on, to, uh, to run up and down hills with the toddler without having to do it with a tube. So all those things will, will be fun to experience now that we're getting into springtime. But, but every year dur- during this portion of the calendar year, it, it feels really hopeful in a lot of different ways because, you know, you, you obviously have the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments going on. So now that we're into Sweet 16 and even on the men's side, kind of beginning uh, the Elite Eight uh, portion of things. And actually the, the women's also with some teams getting into the Elite Eight. So you got that happening with the NCAA tournament. So March Madness usually has people, even when the brackets are busted. I'm not much of a bracket guy. But even when the brackets get busted, there's something about that that people tend to enjoy, especially if you're one of those folks who maybe fills out a dozen different brackets. And so, you know, you get one that gets busted the earliest, and then you get others that get busted later on. And a lot of times when brackets get busted, it's kind of like everybody is experiencing it at the same time anyway. But like when Loyola beat Illinois, everybody's bracket got busted. So it's not, it, as far as I can tell, it's not like it actually like knocks you down in, in whatever list or, or rankings or competition you got going on. Because everybody, well, I use the, the royal everybody because I, I wasn't participating, but most of the people who had a bracket filled out had the Illini defeating the Ramblers. So since everybody got that wrong, then it doesn't really you know, decrease your, your stock or your position along those lines anyway. So you can still enjoy that because that's part of what makes the NCAA tournament special when you get players who come out of nowhere, when you get storylines that we didn't expect, when you get, you know, I suppose Cinderella, that overused term that a lot of folks use, when you get those types of runs taking place. And I think because we just saw Loyola get to the Final Four a few seasons ago, they're making the Sweet 16. Didn't really, didn't necessarily feel like a, a true Cinderella type run, but it's still another special story. And we certainly got to to see Porter Moser enter the national discussion yet again about some of the other prominent jobs that he may be considered for. So that's something we're going to get into deeper later on in the show related to what we saw yesterday from Loyola, as they they did lose, unfortunately. So at least for the time being, no more Sister Jean, no more Ramblers men's basketball for the moment. But another magnificent run, another conference title, and uh, a trip to the Sweet 16 from them. And we'll see what that eventually means for Porter Mosier and uh, and his his time with the Ramblers. Does he stay there? Does he stay in the Midwest? Does he move on to other things? We will have some, some more in-depth portions of that discussion happening. But the NCAA tournament is part of what has folks feeling hopeful because while it's the, the end of the college basketball season that's sort of upon us, but it's the portion of it that we all wait for. You know, I think a lot of folks don't necessarily watch the regular season in college basketball that closely anyway, we all just sort of build up towards March Madness. And now that it's here, folks get to dig that. And especially, of course, when you factor in that we didn't get this last year. So I think the the level of, of hopefulness that, that sort of is, is enhanced this year, it, it feels like part of that enhancement is because 
we didn't get this last year. We weren't allowed to experience the NCAA tournament. Everything got ripped away as conference tournaments were beginning or, or some of them just you know, having finished, and we didn't get any of this. So folks have really been soaking that up and enjoying it. I know I have. I, I'm able to enjoy it without filling out a bracket. If the brackets are your thing, I'm not hating on you. I know a whole lot of folks out there are into it. No problem at all on my end. I'm able to enjoy it without a bracket. And uh, I'll still, you know, with my show I do on, uh, on Sirius XM Big Ten Radio, I still make my predictions going into all the, the different Big Ten matchups. So I, I got a lot wrong. If I had a bracket, it would have gotten busted rather quickly. Uh, so I could at least admit that with, uh, with the Michigan Wolverines, who will just be coming on the air uh, just as soon as I'm closing out here. When I finish at 4 o'clock, I believe that's just before tip-off for Michigan and Florida State. So I know I got some Michigan fans listening in on the show right now. The Wolverines, Chicago's own Juwan Howard, the last squad standing in the men's bracket. On the women's side of things from a Big Ten perspective, four different squads made the six, Sweet 16. My Hawkeyes went down yesterday to you know the team who tends to win most of the national championships. Now we've seen UConn. It's been like a handful of years since Gina Oriema led the UConn Huskies women's basketball team to a national title. But, of course, they're again a one seed. Iowa was, uh, was outmatched just from an overall roster perspective. But it was a really cool storyline, and I think that that still is a part of what, what we see is, I think, at least what I feel as the hopeful end of, of what we experienced during the spring because, as I referenced, just special stories that, that sort of get thrust into people's consciousness this part of the year. It's kind of like during the NFL playoffs in the Super Bowl where a lot of folks will just bet on things who haven't been paying attention to it before. A lot of folks start paying attention to storylines, and that's not only men's but women's storylines. And we, we saw a number of different ends of that uh, here over the last couple of weeks as the women's NCAA tournament, as always, takes place right there alongside the men's NCAA tournament. But NCAA got in some hot water. Mark Emmert, the president, you know, came out and uh, didn't, didn't exactly have the best of responses for some of the inequities that were being pointed out by current athletes, by former athletes, with, with how you know, the, the resources that are devoted to the women's teams who make the tournament, and they're there. They're in a bubble in San Antonio, just like the men are in, you know, we'll call it a pseudo bubble. They're, they're, they're both bubblicious to, to some extent. Men going through theirs in Indy women going through theirs in San Antonio, and you saw folks pointing out some of the differences in, in, in meals, in the, the swag bag, and the, the weight room equipment was really kind of the first thing that, that got into everyone's consciousness on social media, just pointing out they basically had a couple sets of dumbbells out there for the women's basketball team where the men had you know a full like Nautilus gym set up throughout this entire warehouse that you would think, makes sense to have available to high-level athletes, especially when you have dozens of teams from all around the country come to the same place at the same time, and they're going to need access to equipment, especially for those of them who are going to be there for weeks. You know, if you're just going to be there a couple days or one long weekend, all right, maybe you don't need it as much, but there's a lot of downtime in between these games. These guys got to stay fit, got to stay in shape, as do the ladies, and uh, so some of those things were pointed out also, but to me, part of that discussion culminated in, uh, in an experience that I think a lot of us had in unison yesterday with Mama Mater, the Iowa Hawkeyes, the women's basketball team who, hey, men got, got eliminated the opening weekend. Luka Garza's career comes to a close. That's unfortunate. 
they didn't get the job done at the level they were expected to. Women's basketball, women's Hawkeyes make another Sweet 16. And I don't know if a lot of you sat down and watched it, but I certainly got the impression a lot of you were aware of what was going on at noon on ABC when the Iowa Hawkeyes, led by freshman Caitlin Clark, took on the UConn Huskies. And I know my Twitter timeline was full of people not only just celebrating Caitlin Clark versus Paige Beckers, where you had essentially the two top freshman women basketball players in the country and, you know, to match up that we're going to get to watch at least to some extent. I don't know if they'll schedule non-conference games or anything. I certainly hope they do. If not, then we'll just have to wait and hope they meet up in the postseason again. But we got to see, I think, the country, because it was on ABC, like here in Chicago, it's on ABC7. It's on network television. And, you know, obviously when they're on ESPN for the NCAA tournament, it's on national TV. But here, you got some rabbit ears and a plug. You could watch what played out yesterday between the Hawkeyes and the Huskies. And as expected, UConn's just a better team. So UConn controlled and in some phases dominate, dominated the majority of the game. But you got to see high-level hoops from, you know, from a couple of the teams who were at the, at the upper echelon, especially UConn as a team at the upper echelon of the college basketball spectrum. But the game was hyped up adequately. Even though UConn dominated the game, you still got to experience that. I know for me personally, just watching the way that folks, even yesterday, because it's one thing to have it hyped up going in, and then you don't necessarily get, you know, Iowa made a couple of runs to kind of get back in the game, but you didn't necessarily get a big counterpunch happening from the Hawkeyes. But the experience of it on social media, I was really intrigued by, and I enjoyed because folks were just breaking the game down. And that, to me, is something I'm certainly wanting to uh, – I'll get, I'll get deeper into that later on in the show. But that's part of, of, to me, between March Madness, the hoop stories, baseball season being upon us, the NFL draft being on the way. There's a lot of different reasons that this time of year, this sort of like early spring timeline where the sports calendar, like the NBA, we're past the all-star break and you got the Bulls out here wheeling and dealing – so that's, you know, we're going to get into what we saw from the Bulls last night as Vucevic made his, his debut with the squad. We're certainly going to discuss that, but at least they're out here wheeling and dealing. So folks have reasons to be hopeful about the Bulls if you're willing to go there, even despite the result of the game last night. The NFL draft, fast approaching. Bears have a first-round pick for the first time. It seems like a couple of decades. Bears got a first-round pick. Hey, we know they got a few different needs out there. We'll talk about that throughout the show. Also, so we'll have plenty of Bears discussion, Bulls discussion, some Loyola discussion coming up before too long. And, of course, with spring training coming to a close and two what are expected to be competitive teams, and especially on the south side, perhaps high-level teams, maybe even championship-level squads on the south side, then reason to be hopeful there as well, even despite the Aloy Jimenez injury, one of the deepest and most talented rosters in their division. So there's a lot of reason. There's, there's hope all around us. It, it springs eternal, as they say. So I think this, this is just a really, you know, like the holiday season when sports are going on. That, that's certainly cool because you have the other sort of peripheral elements of the holiday season and some of those things that are in it and the NFL just dominating most of that discussion when you get into that portion of the year. But I think right now, this, uh, this portion where we're not, not anywhere near summer yet, but we're in the spring, so the draft is coming. NBA regular season is, is getting near 
it's in because we're beyond the all-star break. Spring training has come to a close. So there's, there's just a lot of things in, in the sports calendar specifically that really when you think about it, on an annual basis because you got hoops coming down the stretch and reason to be excited about that while also some of these other sports have sort of big portions of their calendar, big events, whether it's the regular season starting up in baseball or the NFL draft being on the way. Just always every year feels like this late March, early April time frame gives us a lot to be excited and hopeful about. So that's going to be one of the themes in the show today. One of the questions I'm going to put out to you that we'll come back to a little bit later will be, which particular team here in Chicago has you feeling most hopeful at the moment? And, I, you know, I, I think that you, you can factor in whatever you want because last night probably shifted that perception for some of you with what we saw from the Bulls. Certainly what we saw a few days ago with the Eloy Jimenez injury probably shifted that for some of you from a White Sox perspective. So I think this may be either before last night from a Bulls perspective or before the Eloy injury a few days ago was maybe an easier question from a White Sox perspective. Now, I think it, it could be open season. I'll be curious. Maybe there's some Bears fans who, who still really feel hopeful about what's happening there despite the Andy Dalton signing and, and being a little bit unrequited from some of those expectations. But you had some Russell Wilson rumors that were cropping up again just a few days ago. So which, which team here in the city has you feeling most hopeful? Um, I, I've got some thoughts on that that I'm going to share as we kind of continue forward here. But there's, there's plenty I would love to hear from you. We got an outstanding lineup of guests, a, a growing <laughs> lineup of guests just a few minutes before the show began because of some of the breaking news that we'll get into on the other side of this timeout. Towards the bottom of this hour, my guy, your guy, our friend, a football analyst, Hub Arcus, will be with us. At 1240, we're going to talk about the NFL putting the news out, or really Adam Schefter putting the news out. But uh, So if Schefter put it out, you can pretty much view it as official that the NFL, as anticipated, is going to add a 17th game to the regular season schedule. We're going to get Hub's thoughts on that and any additional sort of knowledge, information he can share on what that will mean for matchups, schedules. Revenue certainly will not be an issue, as we saw the new uh, – the new announcements of the TV deals from around the league. So we're going to talk to Hub in just a few minutes. Steve Greenberg from the Sun-Times will join us as well. Get his perspective on Loyola. And frankly, I'd love Steve's thoughts on uh, on maybe which team right now in the city he feels most hopeful about. Uh, We'll do that at 1. Caitlin Sharkey, Fox 32, will join us a little while later in the 1 o'clock hour. Caitlin, a partner of mine from Bears coverage I do over at Fox 32, Bears Unleashed. She's going to host a um, the sports zone for them tonight, as she does on Sunday nights. So a lot to get to with her. And like I got reference White Sox discussion with Scott Merkin, a friend at the score and MLB.com. And then the, the Wunderkin, the, the young man himself, Tony Gill, will be with me in just a couple of hours to talk about what's happening with the Bulls and his thoughts on maybe which team in the city has him feeling most hopeful at the moment. Always love catching up with Tony. So plenty to get to. Like I said, we even added a couple of extra guests with some of the news that, that kind of broke here late and some ideas I had here just before the show. So a lot of guests, but a lot of time. I will also open up phone lines for many of these things as well. So while we have time to do that, I will make sure you know where you can reach me. 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767 is how you can call on the phone. Or 
Same number for the Tech Zone. The Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. Same number for the Tech Zone as well. So first time out here, I'm Anthony Heron. You can reach me on Twitter at Big Ant Heron. You can, of course, reach the station at 670 The Score. We'll come right back here. Which team has you feeling most hopeful right now in Chicago as we are into the spring portion of the sports calendar? I want to hear from you and certainly share my thoughts on that here at Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Six seventy to score. Sunday afternoon here with you. Anthony Heron here, Sean Anderson on the other side of the glass, holding it down. Hold on to your love. That's right. Hope Springs Eternal here in Shy City. And uh, in, in the positive mood that we're in so far on the show today, seems fitting to, to stick with the topic that we started up a little while ago. I was talking about that just because we have – there are so many different teams, and it, the discussion about each of the individual squads tends to ebb and flow anyway, of course. So, like, last night – where it was, I got I heard Groats uh, joking about it on the air yesterday uh, about last night's Bulls game being like the the most anticipated Bulls game ever in the history of anything. Obviously, he's joking about it, but there was a lot of excitement about it, and it feels like a lot of times in this city we're kind of we're starved for positivity. You know, you had the the window that was there. And I guess probably every squad here has had in in recent vintage over the last decade, let's call it, has had some window where where it feels like greatness was possible, either in the current tense or in the future tense. And the one to maximize that most was obviously the Blackhawks, what they, they did with several Stanley Cup championships in the past decade. But beyond that, the Cubs had had their one window that that they maximized by winning one World Series and then like regressing literally every season after that, still playing well, still winning games and winning divisions. But 
the level of success or lack thereof in the postseason kind of regressed year by year. So that window not maximized. Um, the, the, the Bears, man, I don't know whether or not everyone actually agreed with me. But, of course, when the Khalil Mack signing happened, then, then everyone was kind of on board with the notion that, yes, the, the window is there. It, it is Super Bowl time. And, of course, we've seen it since 2018 where the Bears have, have seemingly regressed for the most part over the last couple of years since then and keeping the same regime in place. But there was there was hope and there was a window. And now, as the same regime has stayed in place and no big free agency splash has been made, especially not at quarterback, then there's been a lot of folks who their their hope that would have been there with the Bears feels like that has been dashed to some extent. But there's still pieces. There's still parts. There's still players. There's still you know guys who who should have high expectations. I'm sure internally have high expectations, and outwardly we should have high expectations for them. So I would think there's still a level of relative hope that can be there and should be there about the Bears. The, the Bulls I find to be a really interesting portion of that discussion because going into last night, like I was talking about with Groats and, and his jokes about the the level of anticipation going into that game with Nikola Vucevic making his Bulls debut, and at the end of the night, he ends up with 21 points. They, they make a, a, a decent little fourth quarter comeback, get it to single digits. In the end, it was a game completely dominated by the Spurs. The Bulls defense couldn't get much done, and then yes, when they're trailing by whatever it was, by, by 63 points. It was 36, but it felt like 63 that they were trailing by in certain stretches of that game. So eventually it, it got, I, I don't know, I think it got interesting, might even be an overstatement for the fourth quarter, but certainly it was a more entertaining fourth quarter than any of the prior quarters to that. But are you still, I guess, as excited? I think you should be still as excited about what's to come for the Bulls as you were before yesterday's game because there will be a feeling out process. There will be time that Nikola Vucevic and Zach Levine just need to be able to spend on the court together and and give themselves the opportunity and give Billy Donovan the opportunity to just sort of figure out how they best fit together and and how their, their little puzzle there over at the United Center will put them in a position for success. So I don't think you should be overly discouraged by what you saw last night. So I hope, my hope, is that Bulls fans still feel hopeful despite giving up multiple draft picks and despite pretty much all the other four players on the court looking like they'd never played with a post presence before. Well, frankly, they look like that because they've never played with a post presence before. I mean, you know, we haven't seen a, a guy who can net, who can really dictate the terms to the defense from the post in recent years, I mean, I don't, you can help me out on the text line there. Was Pal Gasol, Gasol, was he like the last legit post scorer that the Bulls had? I mean, help me if I'm forgetting somebody. I mean, I don't know, Sean, am I forgetting anyone between Gasol and Vucevic here? I mean, it, it, there's not really anyone in the Bulls lineup right now who's had a guy who they feed it into the low post or the high post, and they say, you know what, let's just give him a few seconds and let him cook what, and see what he does. What did they give all that money to Cristiano Felicio for? Um, I mean, certainly not for results. Oh, okay. Then, <laughs> yeah, then no, they haven't had a big man. <laughs> they certainly didn't get a whole lot of results from Felicio while he was manning the, the block for the Bulls. So I, I think 
you know, last night, yes, not the result that folks hoped for, but it it is, of course, one game, and the lineup will continue to to evolve here. I think by the time they take the court tomorrow, we're expecting uh, Daniel Tice to to be out there as well. So I'm I'm curious what the starting lineup will even look like once Tice is out there, and and how they'll make that work. Is Lowry still in the lineup? Is he not? Uh, do you have Tice out there with Vucevic because Part of that just feels like maybe it's a, they complement each other's skills a little bit better. I mean, we'll see a few different versions of that. But I still think, yes, there's, there certainly should be plenty of reason to still feel hopeful about the Bulls. That brings us to the baseball teams. <sighs> there, there's been plenty of Cubs discussion here in recent years uh, on this station as they've gone through everything they've gone through with Theo not being there anymore and, and, uh, and Jed now running things. And I'll say this, they didn't the, – the Cubs haven't – haven't torn things down to the extent that I sort of anticipated they were going to. Like in the end here, after you after you get rid of Darvish and you get rid of Schwarber and you know just kind of looking and trying to figure out what exactly is this lineup going to look like and you let a few guys walk and I, I was really getting to the point where I'm thinking, is there going to be, are there going to be no familiar faces at Wrigley? And apparently they're offering Rizzo an extension, and, you know, I, I'll, I'll pat myself on the back. I mean, I was, you know, probably a couple of years ahead of the, uh, you know, hey, what's, what's going on with Chris Bryant uh, conversation, myself and, and my guy Nick Shevkowski. We would talk about that coming out of a few different Cubs games, as those of you who might be accustomed to listening to me on the weekends here during the baseball season. And not that I wish ill upon Chris Bryant or don't think he's a, an outstanding talent, but the results were what they were. And so I was certainly trusting my eyes and at least questioning whether or not he was regressing. And I think it's fair to say he has at this point. But him still being here, I think for the moment, to me just indicates that the Cubs haven't gotten what they've been hoping for from an offer perspective for another team. But all that being said, they're in a division that's still gettable this year. So I think even from a Cubs perspective where you're looking at a team that that's certainly indicating rebuild. But when it comes down to it, the Cubs may sort of stumble into still being really competitive this year because they still have a lot of the a lot of the prior talent, a lot of the pre existing playmakers that were there. You still got a lot of skill in the lineup. You still got Hendricks and Jake Arietta coming back and Zach Davies being here. I'm still pretty excited about uh Albert Alzali myself just been you know what I've seen from him in brief stints and what he's capable of and he's still considered a rookie at this point far as I can tell so I think even with him you know earning a, a starting spot while while it's the fifth starter but earning a starting spot in the rotation I think there's enough to be excited about there so I think you can make a case that between Rizzo and Bryant and, and Bodie earning second base and Javi Baez being back there and having access to some video with Ian Happen, and when Jason Hayward hasn't been bad lead off, Jason Hayward has played quality baseball over the last couple of seasons. There, there's enough to really anticipate that the Cubs, while having a lower payroll and, and whatever frustrations go with that, that the Cubs should still be a really, really competitive baseball team this year. So you, you can have, I think, some hope and anticipation about what may not be as star-studded a lineup, may not be as dominant at the top end of your rotation, but you all know what Kyle Hendricks is capable of. I, I don't think you should necessarily discount what's, what the potential at least is there, what you can maybe be hopeful about on the north side of the city. 
Now, Southsiders, you know where, where we've been at with that and, and what has been – what the offseason has meant after moving on from Ricky and, and Tony La Russa coming in. And, yes, did that, did that dampen a little bit of the excitement and the anticipation? Sure, it did. There is a, a particular topic uh, that relates to the state of Georgia that I'm going to get to later in the show that I think will be maybe the first real test for – some of those concerns that some of us had about about hiring Tony Larusa and what what his mentality, what his approach, and what his demeanor may mean for some of the the young uh, personalities and sort of outspoken you know types of guys who it feels like are in this cu- in the the White Sox lineup in that clubhouse. How will that mesh with Larusa? That may end up getting tested even more quickly for for a situation that is not on the diamond at all. And it's something that just began to pick up steam late last week. But there's no doubt there's plenty to be excited about on the south side of the city, despite what we saw go down with Eloy Jimenez, who I think I think Eloy has gotten to skate on this topic a little bit. So I'm going to share some thoughts specific to Eloy Jimenez here. I was going to get to it towards the towards the end of this first hour, specific to uh, to what I saw from Eloy the other day, but because we had some breaking news specific to the NFL that happened really just before we came on the air. As per usual, uh, Adam Schefter of ESPN was, uh, was the first one to, to put it out. And looks like the NFL is going to make it official that they're going to add a 17th game to the regular season. So I'm going to take a timeout. We're going to come back. We're going to talk to none better than Hub Arkish to discuss the NFL's decision here what it means for the schedule, what it means for the revenue, what it means for the players, his thoughts on how all those things play out. We're going to talk some football related to not only the Bears, but the league at large with the news about the regular season schedule expanding. We'll do that with Hub Arkers on the other side of this break. We'll do that next here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. They told me I was a starter. That was one of the reasons why I wanted to come here. And so every conversation I've had is uh, has been that. So um, that's the assurance that I've got. <laughs> That's the voice of QB1, Andy Dalton. I know a lot of you folks weren't too, uh, weren't too excited about the, uh, the image that the Bears put out on social media. But what are they supposed to do, man? I mean, they told him he's the starter. He came to the press podium, told everybody they told him he was going to be the starter. It's not a secret anymore at that point. They got to act like he's the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. That's what they did. They put an image out there. Uh, I don't know if it, I guess maybe it got ratioed a little bit. I'm not sure how many likes <laughs> there were on the image, but I think the Bears and their social media cohort, they, they did what they needed to do. Uh, you know, if by some miracle something happens with Russell Wilson here between now and then, then the storyline will change. But for the moment, Bears are doing what they got to do because Andy Dalton is their starting quarterback. Uh, but that is not why we have our guest on the line here, despite my uh, my enjoyment of seeing folks' reaction to <laughs> the Bears putting Andy Dalton QB1 out there on social. But speaking of social, you can find our friend at hub underscore Arkish. He of, of course, 670 Scores, Shaw Media, Pro Football Weekly, you name it. Some breaking news not too long ago, though, Hub, where it became official about the NFL in their 17th game. How you doing, my friend? Well, I'm, I'm doing okay, and Anthony, I hope you're doing well. And even though you didn't ask for it, I, I do want to give you 
a quick opinion on, on your commentary just now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have two big dogs, and, and, and they make big messes, and I'm really good about picking them up. Um, but every once in a while you forget. So when you forget, I don't go out of my way to go over and step in it. You, you know, I, I mean, that QB1 post had to be the most ignorant thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I don't know what they were thinking. You know, it, it accomplished nothing. It, it was just, it was bizarre. And it, it kind of is symbolic of what's going on with this Bears team, you know, so far. And, and, you know, I am not, I think you know this, I, I, the haters hate me because I refuse to hate. I mean, I don't think this is all bad. I, I think, you know, some of what they do makes sense. I don't think Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy deserve to be fired. You know, there's a lot of things I support the team on, but whoever thought that was a good idea at least needs to be suspended for a year, if not fired. <laughs> Only a year. <laughs> it's traffic, huh? I think that's all it is. It's traffic, and they, they're not necessarily in a position to sort of bury their head in the sand where, like, folks aren't going to discuss the Bears' quarterback room and who's on the roster between now and the start of the regular season. So I just think they're saying, you know what? This is the guy we signed. This is the guy we're going with. So we got to show him some semblance of public support. Well, that's probably what they were thinking, uh, and now they need to get someone who knows how to think. So, you know, so. <laughs> uh, I do want to uh, – we'll see how we time up here because I, I would love to get into a couple of things with the Bears, but, but the reason I hit you up at the last second here as opposed to allowing you to just enjoy your Sunday afternoon is because the news came out about the NFL expanding the regular season schedule, and, you know, it's not, it's not something that just comes out of left field. It has been – discussed for a couple of seasons at this point we saw the expansion of the playoffs last year so what what are your now that it's i suppose going to be made official here what are your thoughts on the nfl expanding the regular season yeah first of all the best way to enjoy my sunday afternoon is to get to spend a few minutes talking football with you and and and, (laughs) um you know man i i think it's probably good for everybody i i I know it's a hot button with players and, and it's one that i struggle to understand um, uh, none of us can appreciate the beating that, that, that NFL football players take, and I get that. But their whole approach to dealing with it and trying to make it less punishing and less debilitating later in life, I think it is 180 degrees off, and I think most of that has to do uh, with their union and their leadership. As far as you know, the game itself, with everything that you go through to train and play over 365 days, I find no data that says playing one more 60-minute game a year is going to make it any more dangerous or any more painful. And in fact, I'm convinced that a lot of what the union has done in negotiations in lessening some practice time and contact time may be making the situation worse, not better. I have no empirical data to support that. Uh, but, but, the, but the flip side of it is that it is an immediate 12% increase in revenue for everybody. You know, you got, you got a new 10-year CBA in which the players are now going to get, uh, you know, at least 48% of total football revenue. All of this new TV money and all of the game day revenue is going to count as total football revenue. So everybody gets a, gets a 12% raise, you know, and, and 
Um, the fans get another game. Um, uh, I don't think it should really abuse the schedule in any way. Um, so I, I personally think it's a good thing all the way around, but, but we can't have this conversation without talking about the, the physical toll, you know, and, and, and why the players have, have battled it and, and, and seem to object to it so loudly. Yeah, I think that you know, my impression from a player's perspective is where there didn't seem to be much, if any, pushback about expanding the postseason, where, you know, having more teams and more opportunities to, to make the playoffs and make a run at a championship and those types of things. I think the players seemed more positive about that the, the expansion of the regular season, like you're saying, is where there's continued to be, you know, some some trepidation about it, some hesitation from the players wanting to do that. And I think, like, you know, schedule hadn't expanded in, what, over 40 years, apparently, from 14 to 16 games. But it feels like because there is such distrust between the players and, and league ownership, league executives, some of those stakeholders who make some of those decisions uh, in relation – in concert with the union – I think it's probably just as much as anything the players wanting to to make sure the owners don't try to push things too far, you know, because if you give them an inch, they go from 16 games to 17 games to 20 games before you know it. So where one game may not make all the difference in the world, but several more games, that, that does definitively, you know, just adding extra mileage, extra extra impact and extra hits to the body. Yeah, I understand that, and I agree with that, and, and, and they have a protection built in. This is going to be the first year of a new 10-year deal that doesn't allow the owners to go past 17 without their permission. There could be an 18th, but that would have to be negotiated, as I understand it. And 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 so, you know, there's no disputing it, but to, to me, it just comes back to union leadership, Anthony. I, I uh, and full bias or full disclosure, real bias here. Uh, Gene Upshaw was actually a, a, a dear friend of mine and, and mm-hmm. uh, knew him for years, um, and, and I think did just an incredible job for, for his union. I think Dee Marie Smith is one of the worst things that's ever happened to a sports union, and, and where the focus has been since and what they've negotiated. And and to me, the answers to these things, it, it's not. You know, saying, hey, I got you less practice. I don't know how less practice is good for anybody. Um, but the fact that the main negotiating point of the NFL Players Association hasn't been guaranteed contracts, just like every other major sport and major industry in this country, mm-hmm. and healthcare for life for anybody who plays the game. I don't know if it would be once you're vested or even anybody who plays for a full season. I mean, these are two things that would dramatically balance out playing more and taking a little bit more risk. And it feels like they don't even talk about it. And if they do talk about it, they're sure not pushing for it. And I understand that the NFL Players Association is a tough union in a tough spot because most of the guys with votes on these issues know that they're not going to be participating in, in, in three, four years. So they tend to look at the future. But, but, but these are two things that, that I think are inexcusable, that these contracts aren't fully guaranteed, just like every other sport. Um, and that, that they, knowing the risk and the damage that is done to their bodies, that they don't get health care for life. Because I'm not talking about the owners paying you know million-dollar medical bills. I'm talking about paying annual insurance premiums, which obviously they can more than afford with the extra $300 million a year each team just got in their new TV deals. 
Yeah, yeah, I could not agree more. Our, our friend Hub Ark is here continuing our discussion on the NFL making their announcement, 17-game regular season. Well, I shouldn't say it that way. The NFL has not made their announcement, but Adam Schefter has reported, other folks are confirming, the NFL is planning to make it official that there will be a 17th regular season game happening this season. And, you know, one of the things that always sort of struck me was that that first time after DeMarie Smith took over the NFL PA uh, from, from Gene Upshaw that every it felt like every negotiation up to that point, the players were getting a bigger piece of the pie over and over again from the, the revenue sharing that takes place between the league and the players. And like that first negotiation, it was almost assumed that the players were going to have to accept less. It was just kind of a matter of how much less will the players need to accept. And that was I, I just I really found that odd even just from jump when DeMarie Smith first uh, first began running things for the players union. Why was that sort of the opening position that that the players were even in from that perspective? But that that at this point, I suppose, is neither here nor there before we have to before we have to run. I'm curious in sort of. I guess focusing where things are at financially to more of a local level with a player like Allen Robinson and what where things that he's signed his franchise tag. So at this point, what where do things sit with a Rob? Are there you know now that we have a sense for what the revenue will be, we have more specifics on that. So I mean, are negotiations still continuing at the moment? Does it affect him in any way? Oh, I'm sure there'll be conversations, Anthony, because the bottom line is that the Bears still are in salary cap hell. Uh, it's um, we know that the cap has been set at 182.5 million uh, per team. The Bears had approximately a seven million dollar cap rollover from last year. And for folks who, you know, don't understand where all this money, this this mystery money keeps popping up, uh, the CBA requires teams not only to spend uh, at or below the cap, but it also forces them to spend to a floor based on a four-year rolling average. And so, you know, you don't have to spend to the cap every year, but over the period of four years, you do have to spend a certain amount of money. So when you don't spend some in a prior year, you can roll that over. And the Bears had $7 million of unused cap space. So their cap is at about 190 to $190.5 million. And prior to the Desmond Trufant contract, which for some reason is the only contract of everybody they've signed so far that we can't get information on, and if you're wondering how these websites like Over the Cap, which I think is the best, and Spotrack, which is good in season but lags off season, um, all of these contracts are posted, you know, with the union. And if you're media, uh, you have access to that information. So at any rate, prior to the Trafant deal, the Bears were about a million and a half under the cap. You know that's going to get them there. Now as they continue to add these players, and you're asking yourself, well, how do you sign a Christian Jones and a Jeremiah Adaocho if you're at the cap? The cap is currently measured at the rate of the um, 51 highest paid players on the roster, and it will be until opening day when you then actually have to be under the cap with everybody of your 53 and on injured reserve. But now when you sign, let's say, a Jeremy uh, Adachu, and, and I'm just guessing here, let's say that contract has a cap hit of $2 million, it just replaces the 51st contract you are already counting, which was probably at about a million, a million. So, so you're trading dollars here, and there's ways to make this work. But at some point, you've got to create another four, five, six million in cap space for your draft class. That doesn't get traded that way because they're all coming in at the minimum. And if you want to add any more players with decent salaries, you've got to create more space. 
Alan Robinson giving him a long-term deal that would pay him more than $18 million this year could still easily lower that cap hit this year to $8, $9, $10 million. And, and so um, it is absolutely in both sides' best interest to continue to negotiate. I'm sure that they are. I don't know how far they were all along or why they were apart you know, prior to the franchise tag. But 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 you can rest assured they will do what they can between now and July 15th, at least the Bears will, uh, to try and turn this into a longer-term deal. And one last thing for you, Hub. Hub Arches is on the, the guest hotline. The score hotline is presented by Alpermonte Ford. Alpermonte Ford and Melrose Park on North Avenue or APFord.com. Um, the, with the NFL draft fast approaching and the Bears still sitting at number 20, we, of course, saw some movement at the top end and really even outside the top 10 as the, as the dominoes continue to fell with teams who seemingly will be in the quarterback market. How plausible is it that the Bears sit at 20 and still hope to get a QB there? Or do, do you think there's any potential for them to try to make some move up or down? Well, there's five quarter. Let me rephrase that. There's four quarterbacks. Um, that a number of different analysts think have a chance to become franchise quarterbacks in the NFL. Then there's Mac Jones, who's a bit of an unknown. Uh, He's viewed as a guy who could be the next Tom Brady, which obviously would be a franchise quarterback, uh, but he doesn't have those kind of traits and skills. He's going to go in the first round, too. He's the guy we can't figure out because the other four are all going in the top 10 now. I, I just there, There's just no question about that, uh, probably in the top eight. Where does Mac Jones go? I don't see how he can fall much lower than 13, 14, 15. And for the Bears to make that move, it probably would cost them next year's number one in, in addition to this year's. And, and I don't think that this team is in a position to do that, you know, based on all their other needs in order to become a contender and the uncertainty of this kid. He had a great year at Alabama, but Anthony, the one thing that we know is of these five quarterbacks I'm talking about, at least four are going to fail and it's possibly all five will. That's the way this works, you know? And so stop all the silliness about giving up three first-round picks for a Wilson or a Watson. Build a football team. Find a quarterback. Remember that the great ones like Breeze and Brady and and Wilson were not found in the first round. And, And I would hope that the Bears aren't trying to move up to get one of these quarterbacks. But, you know, this is where we just don't know exactly what is uh, the next step in the, in the Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy plan. Um, but, but the answer to your question is the only one that they have a realistic shot at is, is Jones. Unless Lance, Lance could go number two or number three, he could start to drop just because of the Mitch Trubisky factor, the very limited experience, plus the fact that he's coming from North Dakota State. And look what just happened with Carson Wentz. But short of Lance, who does have sky-high traits, you know, starting to fall to, to 12, 13, 14, which isn't going to happen, I just don't see any logic whatsoever in the Bears coming up to get a quarterback. And I appreciate the way that, as always, you talk myself and others off the ledge, where I've, I've just been operating with the assumption that, that Ryan Pace just has to feel this desperation to make a big move because he feels his job's on the line. And I've, I've heard you multiple times on the station say, you know what? 
it's not any real indication Ryan Pace actually thinks his job is on the line this season. So as usual, yeah, hey, you're probably on point. I, I got to tell you, man, I, I just wrote this in my column the other day. I, I'm so tired of hearing that. And it may be true, but, but to, to suggest that it's fact, then somebody explain to me how Ted Phillips has had his job for 21 years. <laughs> I, I mean... And I'm not going after Ted. I'm not, right, I mean, right. you know, he's the president and CEO of the team. Financially, I'm sure he's done great things. Administratively, I'm sure he's done great things. But 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 he's failed. I don't know how many times. You know, in hiring GMs, coaches, you know, approving contracts. It's it, it's not the way that love it or hate it. It's not the way this organization works. You know, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace could be in trouble at the end of the year. But we don't have any actual evidence that they are. So I, for one, I'm just kind of sitting back now and trying to figure out, you know, how can they make this work? I'm pulling for them. And, you know, then if they don't get it done, then they deserve to get fired. When all else fails, listen to Hub. That's what I always say. We got to listen to you for a few minutes there. Really appreciate you hopping on at the last second, man. Always informative. Colin, I hope to see you soon. I uh, hope so as well. That is Hub Arkish. He is on Twitter at Hub underscore Arkish. We are running late for the top of the hour. We do have a break we have to take. And we're going to come back and talk some Ramblers and other things. Steve Greenberg of the Sun-Times joins us next on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hyundai. 